on radio, digital radio, the app and streaming. RSN's Racing Pulse. Welcome back to Racing Pulse on what is a very sombre day for everyone here at RSN 927 and also uh, the racing world. If you're just tuning in, um, the terrible news is that uh, Dean Lester sadly lost his battle. He passed away last night at 9.49 uh, with his partner Leanne by his side. Also, uh, Jerry Ryan, Leviathan owner who was so close to Dean Lester. This morning we are remembering the great man, uh, what he was for not just RSN, but for racing in general and the great love that the punters out there. The greatest tipster we've seen in racing, Dean Lester. And this morning, Daniel Harford uh, and the team put together an amazing show, speaking to those who loved him so much, including his partner, Leanne, who showed incredible strength coming on this morning to talk with Daniel and describe Dino's final few days. I said, I love you, Dean, and he said, I love you too, Leanne. That's what he called me. And I had no idea that was the last time I would speak to him. Um, by the time he entered the hospital, he basically lost consciousness. And um, it was uh, found that he had um, inflammation of the ileum, which is a section of the small intestine. Um, they, the doctor said they had no idea what had caused it, but they said it was just too overwhelming for him. That and the cancer, that was so aggressive. Mm. Um, he just, he, as big as his heart was, and we all know how big that was, yep. he just couldn't, he couldn't fight any longer. And um, I told him, you know, it's okay, you can go now. But he was holding on for something, and I had told him that Jerry was coming to visit him. Um, and when, after Jerry came and was sitting with him, he began to let go. And um, I'm so so grateful to Jerry um, for being there for us both. Um, it was very peaceful in the end for him. So that was Leanne this morning with Daniel Harford. Um, it's hard to put into words what Leanne and his mum Sandra are going through right now. And it was um, so courageous for her to come on this morning and, and, and let the RSN listeners and those who love her so much into, into Dino's last moments. Because Dino, as I said this morning, he loved the listeners. He loved the racing fans that he tried to find a winner for and he did uh, week after week. Uh, this morning we're going to try and do Dino proud and find some winners on this Friday with Mick Sharkey who joins us and Mick uh, good morning to you. Um, as, as a tipster in this racing game yourself it's quite remarkable the love for Dean Lester and the ability that he had to consistently pick winner after winner after winner and I know for a lot of young people, myself included, and, and most likely yourself, when you start coming into this game, he showed an amazing generosity and want to help the next mm. generation come through as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's, you know, it wouldn't, I wouldn't even put myself in the same sort of conversation as doing the same job that Dean did because he did, I guess his role was kind of omnipresent in, in a lot of people's lives you know we've heard from jockeys and trainers and people in the media and everything else that he was there as a somebody they could call on and get advice from and for somebody who in my knowledge of him and and knowing him and nowhere near as closely as others did he'd always been fighting something he's always been crook and he's had his battles but he was never anything but generous with his time i can remember early days at the age and tvn and he'd be in the mounting yard Every day I'd say hello to you, ask you what he liked, uh, ask you what you liked, chatting away, just helping if he could, and always with a great sense of humour. And, and I think that's a, a real... It's a, it's a great character. It shows great character, doesn't it? Somebody that's under duress and has their own personal struggles, and it's easy for someone like that to say, oh, this is all too hard and woe is me. He was never like that. Never complained. Never complained, always generous, and always very funny. And I, I remember... Uh, during COVID, like I was fortunate enough with my 
work at the moment to be able to move around and have the pass to go up to the country and everything else. And he was crook. I think you might have mentioned one morning he was in hospital and he was a bit ill. And I sent him a text and said, I'm bringing home a couple of pies from this bakery you need to have when you get out of the, uh, out of the hospital. He said, oh, thanks very much. That'd be great. Dropped them off and thought nothing of it. A week later, he sent me a text and said, Shark, thank God you're a better judge of pastry than you are at tipping horses. Like, <laughs> they were outstanding. And he gave me a, a, a hundred-word review on these pies. And I just laughed to myself and thought, you know, there you go. He's, he's, he's not well. He's not long out of hospital. He's still there and with the banter and, and with a bit of good humour. And Yeah, that's, that's how I'll remember him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, gee, I'd love to know what Dean Lester would be thinking about a first up tilt at a lightning for I wish yeah. I win. Uh, I think he'd love that kind of uh, training ambition. And uh, I know Peter <laughs> Moody would have had a lot to do with Dean Lester over the years, especially through those amazing black caviar years as well. And uh, Moods joins us this morning. Good morning, Peter. How are you? Yeah, morning, boys. Very sad morning and uh, terrible news to hear. You would have crossed paths with Dean plenty of times uh, in the mountain yard as well. What are some of your fondest memories of Dino? Yeah, well, I never had a personal relationship with Dino, but for over 20 years now, I've had a wonderful, unbelievable professional relationship uh, through uh, owners that he's managed and looked after, jockeys that he's managed and looked after, and, uh, you know, just general racing you know, facts, uh, like Sharky just touched on, if, if you, and yourself, if, if you needed a bit of advice, uh, if you got to the races in the middle of the day and you wanted to know how things were playing and what was happening, uh, you know, you could always go to Dino and, and he'd always avail himself and, and give you his time. And, uh, you know, just, just a wonderful, wonderful human being. You know, he, he was a good bastard, you know, and he deserved mm-hmm. a much better hand in life than he was dealt. Uh, he really did, and... Uh, you know, on behalf of myself and my wife Sarah and family and all the crew at Moody Racing, you know, our thoughts really go out to his family, his partner Leanne, and uh, and all his close mates down there at Cranman, you know, Griffo and Co. Mm. Uh, they'd really be feeling it this morning. You know, I know they were a close-knit group, but uh, even if you weren't a part of his close-knit group, you, you could still avail yourself for advice. And, uh, you know, I, I converse with him probably more by text, like Sharky just said, the last six months or so. Um, but we had spoken recently, and the funny that you touch on a horse like I wish I win, and, and you'd bounce those things off him as a trainer and say, listen, I'm, I'm thinking about doing something a little bit left field here. Every bus has got this horse in the all-star mile. I'm thinking about a lightning in a new market. And, you know, he, he said, you know, well, the turn of foot that horse showed on good ground, he's a gelding, why not have a throw at the stumps? And then between uh, listening to the likes of him and the racing manager, Jeff O'Connor, and that, you know, I thought, well, bugger it, why not? Uh, why not try something a little bit left field? And he was always great for that, those bits of advice. Or, and he wouldn't uh, be afraid to say, hey, I think that's the wrong thing. <laughs> As a trainer, Moods, does this sort of challenge excite you, that you are taking a, a bit of a left turn when others expect you maybe to, to play a straight bat? Um, well, listen, it, it, my decision was made easy because I, I wanted to give him a bit of a break post the spring and to have him up for the All-Star Mile, he had to run last Saturday in the Oar. And, and listen, I could have quite comfortably had him, well, not I could have easily had him there, but not comfortably. I was going to have to push him. And when I looked at the program, I've got a four-year-old gelding that's sound and happy. Um, there's a race for him every Saturday between now and about the you know, first week of July, why rush to try and do it in the first, you know, few weeks of February and March? Um, let's enjoy the horse, and if we look after him, there's no reason why he can't be running for the next two or three seasons. And we see a great advert for that tomorrow in Nature's Trip. Uh, mm. You know, he's uh, been through four or five stables. He's been wonderfully managed in the latter part of his life by connections. And, uh, you know, he, he's the world's best sprinter at eight or nine. Um, so look after them and they'll repay you. And, and the horses don't lose their ability. They probably lose their want to use it. And the majority of the times that, that being the case is one, through injury or two, through hunger of the connections and asking them to do things that they probably shouldn't be. Do you think he's got the speed to run over a nature strip over a, thou- a thousand moods? Or is this more of a we'll get him prepped and ready to go for the new market. 
Yeah, I think that's probably more of the case to have a look at the new markets, the race that I did earmark initially. And I thought, well, I'll just give him a couple of trials into that. And, and then I thought, bugger it, you know, why not use the Lightning as his trial? It's a $750,000 trial. But more importantly, it gives him exposure to the Flemington Strait. And I just know with my horses, even the ones that do happen to win down there first up, and there's not too many of them, or first go, they really improve rapidly for that experience. So I thought, why not go there and have a spin and uh, <coughs> let him run home? And usually if you can run top seven or eight, you get a pretty good bloody check. And that will ready for the new market. Mullane's been down the straight, and he's won a stakes race down the straight over the 1,000 metres at, at Flemington, beating a subsequent stakes winner. What do you make of him heading into this preparation? Uh, what did you make of his spring campaign? Um, spring was lauded by soft ground. I thought his first up run was phenomenal. Uh, had no luck second up at the valley in a stakes race off the track. Wet ground sort of, you know, was an issue all the way through. Didn't see the mile out. Uh, he's a damn good cult, this cult. Um, he's not there to make up the numbers, I believe. I think he's there to run a good competitive race. And he can build on whatever he does tomorrow. But I, I just thought it was a great opportunity for a horse like to say has got the job down the straight. I reckon he probably follows that speed section on the outside. It'll be interesting to see what they do. Obviously, mm. nature's drifter, they all converge in the middle. But I, I just see this horse being able to smoke up behind him, you know, if he can be two or three lengths off them. And you go back to his sectionals of his first up run last time, you know, he, he ran him quicker than the likes of Giga King. Uh, so he's, he's got a wonderful turn of foot on dry ground and I expect him to run very well tomorrow. Just on nature's strip moods and from what you've seen, you went through a similar thing with Black Caviar. Um, how long do we keep it going? How long is the champ still going to be the champ? Where do you think nature's strip is at? Is he still definitely the horse to beat tomorrow? Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. Like, um, you, you know, he came back off that English prep uh, with Black Caviar, we didn't bring her back until the autumn. Uh, to them, they brought him back in the spring. And, listen, was he quite on top of his game? Um, maybe, arguably not. But, uh, listen, he's still the best. He's the benchmark far and away. He's a gelding. He's sound. And if he's enjoying his racing, uh, no reason why he can't go around for another season or two. But, um, you know... Uh, it's not a matter of sort of wringing him dry until he gets everything out. What, what else is he going to do? He's a bloody mm. racehorse. And if he sound happy and enjoying it, um, you know, he's never been, uh, like, what I say, with all due respect, he's never been the most reliable conveyance. And, and, <laughs> and isn't that a silly thing to say about the world's best fritter? But we've seen him get beat at a dollar ten, a dollar twenty. He doesn't have to go out there and win every start. But the day he's on song, uh, you wouldn't like to be running a bastard down on foot, would you? No, you certainly wouldn't. Uh, you've got a filly that's won every start so far, Nunthorpe, in the second in the vanity. Uh, what do you make of her? She's By playing God, it's not a sigh we see a hell of a lot of over on the eastern states, but he's doing a decent job in the west. But he's left a, a fairly nice one for us to watch here in Nunthorpe. She's a nice filly. Um, really looking forward to stepping her up and trip. As we get uh, a bit deeper into the prep, I, I said to Crabby when he won the Victorian Oaks, I said, I reckon I've got one can win you another Oaks in the autumn at home. Um, she's really shown us a bit of class, this girl. Everything about her tells me she's going to be lovely at a mile and a quarter, but she's sprinted well at two wins. I expect a good showing tomorrow. I think she'll run uh, very, very well at a first go at Stakes Company. you got Skull Sacy in the uh, Dirt. Um, really good in the Blue Diamond uh, Prelude. I is this a horse that you'd consider backing up if, if it won, or is this a, fe a focus for you now? No, I, I would strongly consider it. He was very good the other day. I just thought Ollie probably erred a little bit, and he didn't know the horse where he sort of looked to get cover for the first better part of half the race. And then when he didn't get it, he sort of let him roll. And I just wonder if he had to let him roll throughout, whether that might have been the difference between winning and losing. And like I say, he got a late call up there and he didn't know the horse at all. So um, he missed last week. He had a little bit of tracheal mucus. It scoped clean this week. He worked good Tuesday. 
I think he'll run well. Uh, he's got to cope with the straight first time, but uh, he'll sit up on the speed, make his own luck, and I would think uh, he, he could be an op- you know, certainly a good opportunity for him to back up into the diamond uh, if he came through the race well. Charm Star looks like it's uh, having a bit of a prep run for something else as it kicks off tomorrow. But what about Boogie Dancer resuming uh, later in the day? How's she come through that spring campaign? Yeah, well, well it's a bit of an odd one when there's a three-year-old fillies race, us running her in the mares, but she's just mm. going to get the weight penalty in the fillies uh, for being a Group 2 winner. And I think on ratings or whatever, she was nearly you know, number two on ratings. So the mares race actually looked the softer option even though she's taking on the older horses. So she's prepped up good. She's a big, strong girl. Um, I've done a power of work with her, but every time I look at her, I think, God, you look like me. Um, <laughs> she's a little bit tubby. Uh, I think she'll improve with it, but she has been pulling up clean in the wind, so competitive showing will improve. Can he's in uh, heaven improve in the CS Hayes? He needs to, or he'll be very sore around the groin region Monday morning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Daytona Bay rounds out what could be a, a really good day. And like a lot of your horses' moods, another galloper that's got a really good strike rate. Yeah, well, he, he didn't have much joy the other day at Sandown. Um, should have won. Yeah, well, should have, would have, could have. Um, he didn't. Um, and then he's probably taking on it tomorrow. But, uh, you know, he's in good order. And uh, he'll go there and run well, given even luck. Did he, did he uh, sell the farm job? No, but he's, a, he's like you say, he's got a good strike rate and uh, he'll run extremely well on pace, making his own luck. Just a, a quick update on Incentivise. How is he going? Well, as we speak, Catherine Coleman's about to climb on him and uh, give him a gallop uh, on the beach down at Coronoa. And uh, he seems in great order. Plan of attack is for him to come up to the main stable at Packenham probably Monday and have a spin on the course proper at Packenham Tuesday morning before a trial Tuesday week. So really happy. Mm. Uh, that's Cairo. Everyone's kicked off on him. Um, so And a gallop on Tuesday uh, down at Lauriston Park sort of indicated to us that he's probably a little bit more forward than we even thought. Well, that's exciting. We can't wait to see him back. Um, who's your best tomorrow? Um maybe none thought. Uh, really looking forward to her. But, but the excitement levels of seeing the two horses in the lightning, yeah. uh, I, I'm really looking forward to that. I, I think uh, I think Mullane, because I've got such a good opinion of the Colt, will run very, very well. And I'm, I'm really excited just to see what I wish I win can do. Uh, putting a super in that trial at Granny the other morning. And, uh, um, yeah, just how they run the race probably determines his chances. If he can travel up three or four off them, he's going to let go pretty quick. If he's seven or eight off them, he'll run nice. Have you got a Friday winner? Uh, we've got three going to Wodonga for Maidens this afternoon. They're well and truly on their way. Dylan uh, in the first, Elder, Eldersley in the fourth, Sheezamore in the fifth. And uh, probably all need a change of address tomorrow if they don't salute. Well, that could be a little Friday fill-up for us there, Sharky. Hey, Moods, uh, appreciate you coming on. Uh, your words about Dino, and gee whiz, I, I can't wait to see I Wish I Win tomorrow. It's uh, probably the most intriguing runner of the day. Best of luck. Have a great weekend, and once again, uh, thinking of all Dino's family and friends out there. Very sad, and will be greatly missed. Uh, the great man. He certainly was. Well said. Um, we're going to take a break. As we take a break, and as we come back, we're going to relive some Dean Lester memories uh, and Dino has so many great memories to relive but some of the, the the commentary that he had about different aspects of racing are what resonates so strongly and a lot of people asked Dino how did he get involved in racing and who his early idol mm. was and it was Roy Higgins. Here is Dino talking about his idol and the relationship he had with Roy. I knew Roy from when I was uh, four years of age um, you know, I, I can't remember my life without Roy not being in it and uh, to the extent that uh, in 1972 um, when I was four at the time uh, I was in hospital I, I was born with a condition called spina bifida and I'd had some corrective surgery and uh, Roy had organised for me to get a, a, a seating uh, right near the winning post for the Cox Plate uh, virtually a day leave uh, to go to the races 
and uh, watch Gunsind, who Gunsind was probably my hero, if you like. Uh, and uh, Gunsind and Roy went on to win the, the Cox Plate, and then uh, you know, Roy, uh, about a month later, presented me with a beautiful framed signed photo of him coming back to scale with the skull cap raised, and uh, I've still got that today, and uh, also a saddle that he, he used on Gunsind, which I've certainly got to uh, still to today. I used to, in school holidays, my grandfather was Roy's golfing partner, so every Friday at Keysborough they'd play, they'd win money, uh, but I, in school holidays I'd caddy for uh, either Roy or my grandfather, and so you'd be there with them for four or five hours, so Roy was just... Pop's mate and Dad's mate, and uh, he'd come up to the farm, and uh, yeah, it was uh, it, he was just uh, there. And uh, then it's only when you sit back and realise he won eleven jockeys premierships and all the races that he did, and uh, you know everything that he, he did do and achieve, that you realise uh, you know I was I was lucky to be in the presence of greatness from uh, an early age. This is Friday Form Focus, presented by Racing Victoria's Vobus Program. Victoria, the state to breed, buy, own and race thoroughbred horses. Well, I think, oh, absolutely. The quarterback uh, was the best horse. The, the one I've got a very soft spot for is that with the flow, uh, trained by Dean Jackson. Um, whenever he got in the race, he could win. He needed a lot to go right. He needed to just flop out of the barriers, high speed, and just come with one run late over 1,600. So he demanded a lot, but when he got that, he won. And uh, he often won at really big prices because people didn't realise what his strengths were. And we just had to keep him kicking over, waiting for that right race. But uh, he, was a, he was a tremendous horse today. He won, a, he won on a lot of feature days, and I uh, loved him very much. Dean Lester, that was the final interview we did uh, just over a month ago, or just under a month ago, I should say, and we'll play a few more snippets. Uh, his favourite horse, obviously, uh, the quarterback giving him his biggest win, but go with the flow. Uh, a little later, we'll play a snippet on who his favourite jockey was, uh, Dino, as we remember Dino, and we try and do him justice this morning, Sharky, by finding some winners tomorrow on what looks... Uh, a tricky card for mm. Black Caviar Lightning Stakes Day. It's going to be really hot today. Um, so they'll be putting a fair bit of water on. We've spoken to Liam O'Keefe, the track manager. 38 degrees today. There is a cool change going to hit around about 5 or 6 o'clock tonight, uh, which will mean that the track will be watered tonight. Fine, 22, 23 tomorrow. Will be a good four rail in the true. So I think we know Flemington will race A1. Yes. There'll be no excuses. It will. My sort of program, this program... So there's some shorter favourites and, and whatnot, but you look through the fields and there are, there are horses that are calling to me at each way odds. And you know I, I struggled to resist going a little bit off the beaten track. And I think that's what I'll be doing to, uh, tomorrow at Flemington in a few races. OK. Hey, I'm going to break some news yeah. uh, again. It's been a tough morning. This is nowhere near in the, the Dean Lester realms, but you were spruiking last week. You got $21 Charmstone for the Blue Diamond. Mm, well, I think that's probably in danger given her throat wasn't great last week. Well, I can tell you that uh, the uh, the Price Kent team have just announced that she is now going to the paddock. Oh, good. So, no Charmstone in the Blue Diamond. Probably not unexpected after that performance last week, but um, we'll get a little clearer picture over the next seven days. But, Sharky, honestly, how the often does that happen? Bite how again. often does the that happen? Bite You're sitting there nursing one thinking, oh, hey. well... There's $21 about a horse that's in single figures. Come and, and talk to me about happens. Aft Cabin, uh, who I had going for oh. the debt of a small nation in the Guineas last well, year. Let's, yes. get, let's talk about today, not okay. previous bets. Wishlaw Lass unbeaten in the first $4.20. So you see $7. Monarch of Egypt, $8.50. And I'm a Shelby, a very good winner last out at the Valley, is an $8.50 chance. So I think you see what you believe with uh, Wishlaw Lass undefeated, three from three. Uh, can she make it four from four tomorrow? I like that she's in the race because she's taking the spotlight and favouritism, which gives me a, an opportunity to back a couple here that might just be under the radar a little bit. Uh, Sirius Liaison and Monarch of Egypt, it comes through the same race. Actually, the same two races, their last two. Both have run really, really well in those races. Monarch of Egypt was only just beaten... Uh, by Worsfold, two starts back at Hillside. It was a really good run. 
then at the valley drew wide they went back uh, they rode a conservative race the horse was very strong late in the race but just couldn't win from where it was in running uh, at the 600 and Rambler Rebel who's in this race and goes around again at massive odds at $23 for a horse who's won two of its last three at big odds uh, had just controlled things and pinched it up in front seriously Azon in the same race saw no daylight from I'd suggest the 600 metres and I think it would have finished well clear of Monarch of Egypt if it got clear running when it wanted to it's on top for me. It is an each-way bet to kick the day off at Flemington. $9, and it's owned by the Leviathan as well. Well. Clint. Yes. Moneybags, Hong Kong, Hutchison. Look, he needs it. He asks a lot of his horses, doesn't he? Like Munamek's having its 462nd <laughs> run this preparation. So he doesn't mind sending them out to out to do battle. And look, seriously, Azon's probably looking at his stable mate there in Munamek and thinking, oh, good, I'm only third up. That means another uh, 48 runs this prep. I'm going to have a little something each way daily bugle uh, for Dino okay. as well. I thought it went well last start. It was it um, run well. Uh, it was a touch unlucky. Race number two is one of the features. This is the tab vanity over 1,400 metres. We get to see uh, see you in heaven. Three dollars and fifty cents. We know she's a, a very good filly. Uh, spoke to Richard Jolly yesterday. He's confident. Uh, none thought that's a good push from Moods. Yeah. Uh, and why why wouldn't you be confident two from two? Talking about her as an Oaks filly, $5 mm. climbing star. What do you make of her first up run? I thought it was okay. Um, they, were, they were very conservative early from that wide gate. The tempo wasn't there in that race. It became a sit sprint. She was too far from them turning in. Uh, I, look, I th- to be honest, I thought she'd hit the line a little bit better than what she did. But I'm prepared to be forgiving of that effort. I want to see her again on top of the ground. Everything we've seen of her in the spring was with give in the track. That was a good three. I'm just hoping she's not a, a horse that needs some give. We're still learning about her, only four starts in. Mm. Um, I'm intrigued to see Queen Air as well because yeah. $11, it was an arrogant win last start. start and um, Dean Lester would be pretty happy to see Queen Air uh, win a vanity with the preparation she's had. And I, I wonder whether Dino and Lindsay Smith have chatted about Queen Air and mm. the path that she has plotted so far in her career as we have a chat to one of Dino's great mates, Lindsay Smith, who joins us. Lindsay, uh, good morning. Um, we're feeling for you and all of Dino's great mates and everyone who loved him so much. How are you doing? Oh, no, no, it's, uh, it's uh, been a, a bit of a, a useless day for me today because... Um, you're sort of reflecting. Uh, I didn't know. I went to bed because Jerry Ryan rang last night and said he wasn't travelling good. Uh, and then the, my wife, uh, when I woke up at half past three, she, she knew the news. So it was, uh, yeah, it's sort of been a bit um, a bit numbing. But, you know, he, he, he um, obviously I thought to, to his mother and Leanne and all his, all his friends, which... Uh, even I'm amazed how many he's got, but um, such the respect that um, he gained over them uh, the short period of his life. Where did you and how did you and Dino become mates? Oh, no, no, no didn't start off good. Oh, no, didn't start <laughs> off good. Uh, 20, God bless him, three, 23 years ago, um, I put... Uh, uh, Peter Merton's on old comrade, and um, he runs fourth in the Oakley, and then runs second in, I think they call it Peter Young Stakes now. Um, and um, I took Peter off, who Dean was managing, and I put Paul Harvey back on. And the first time I seen Dean face to face, he was in the scooter, and I reckon he really, if it was a four wheel drive, he would have tried to run me over. So. Uh, uh, it's something that um, every every now and then he'd always remind me that I still owed him one because uh, he said that and that Peter would have done the job. But um, yeah, it started then, and um, more, you know, we always spoke, but it was more over the last three and a half years that uh, when I you know, come here to train in Victoria, that um, yeah, he he just pointed the direction and off I went and you know in the short time I've been here uh, the three group ones that I was able to win um, he plotted the path and I don't mean that lightly Um, he knew races I knew nothing about and how to get them there 
sometimes on the lowest weight. Um, so his input to, to this stable here uh, will never be forgotten. And it's important, and, isn't it, for you, Lindsay, when you were coming over, that you had that support? Oh, well, uh, yeah. It's it, it just little things of uh, the weight diff scale difference and the way they rate horses and the weights and just, you know. And, and, and being down here, I've said this a number of times, but the importance of a wasted trip mm. of the horse going away when he'd say, Lindsay, this horse can't win. Just no use taking it. And mm. the horse, I don't know, I should have kept the record of how many times they would go and win the next start, you know, in a, in a similar sort of race. So um, he introduced me to Jerry Ryan, uh, another, and I know he spoke fondly of me, which has um, helped me get other owners. And, yeah, um you know, on the 28th, we have that lunch, and, um, yeah, it'll be a good day. Yeah. yeah, there's no doubt about that. And um, it would give you great solace and, and enjoyment that in the last year or two when Dino's been really battling, that you've been able to give him a big highlight as well with the performances of In the Boat. Oh, yeah, he, uh, you know... So simple was the man that uh, one night he, after the horse won at uh, Caulfield, he said, oh, I'm going to have a big night and go and buy a pizza. So that's <laughs> how much he needed uh, for, for, through, you know, how he went through life. But as I say, like, he, he would be comforted knowing that he had that Hamish McLaughlin, things that that man is, and Jerry Ryan had, his friendship. Um, just when I, I get a bit lost with the world thinking this, the bad people are catching the good people. Um, when that lunch comes, there's going to be 400 people in that room who have got good hearts, and, yeah, I'm glad I'm going to be part of it. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Hey, uh, Dino would be intrigued, and he may well have helped plot the path of Queen Air's career because she's had an unorthodox um, campaign, hasn't she? But, gee, she's got some ability. Yeah, early doors, he... Uh, he said it, he, I was heading the wrong direction, but she's owned by a stud, and um, he, he just said that uh, he would have done things differently. But then this time, he always said this: the Adelaide Oaks, the Australian Oaks, two thousand metres, uh, had her name written all over it. So that's the plan we've got. Uh, that's where she's headed. Uh, obviously, she go to CUNY, and then. Um, as he knew, I could always sort of throw a curveball at him. But, um, yeah, hopefully uh, there's another group one come around the corner, whether it's her or Tavala or, or, or something else. But, um, yeah, great man. Great man. And, um, yeah, he's, uh, he wore a big set of boots. So good luck to the next person. Lindsay, Queen Air led when she resumed it. Warnable to get that maiden out of the way. Was that just a case of removing bad luck so she could tick that box, or is that something you're looking to do with her this prep to have her closer to the speed? No, no, that was just because uh, we had that maiden penciled in. I, I wanted her to sort of win it because, you know, I, I'd sort of murdered her with the points prior to that, and I knew it was sort of like a free hit, so she had to, to get the job done. And, um, kept the fresh maybe too fresh and the instructions were to go with the flow uh, I was a bit surprised she was in front but um, you know he, he, he's a, a good class jockey and he sort of took it upon himself to do what he thought was best for the horse which is fine um, and um, yeah she'll start she started doing a little bit more work so I think the further she goes and a bit more racing that she'll just sort of tuck in but I I don't mind her um, taking off a bit early because she's a bit one one pace. So eventually, when we get over the the two thousands, that uh, she'll make a bit more of a race than just sitting there like we did in the Oaks. Sacred Palace was good last start. Um, drawn ten down the straight, Ollie on board of your two tomorrow. Who should we back, Lindsay? I, I think he's the better chance. It looks like there's going to be abundance of speed. He can't. It looked a great ride the other day, but he just chased the pace a little bit, and um, he can't do that and then finish off that horse. I reckon he looked the win on the bend, but then the last 
50 sort of just died off a little bit. So it all sets up good for him. Uh, a bit like Aspen Colorado the other night, it all set, a, set, set up good for him and he was able to get the job done. So it's a bit unfortunate in one dimensional believe you, you chase the pace on a horse like him, he hasn't got that explosive finish. So uh, a lot of speed on, I'll just tuck him in behind and uh, he'll do what he does, that horse, he'll run a good race. Linz, best of luck over the weekend. Appreciate your time this morning, mate. Yeah, have a good day, guys. Giddy up. Lindsay Smith joining us there. We'll, we'll whip through a few of these races, Sharky, because we yeah. need to get to the features and the quaddy. Um, Nunthorpe, see you in heaven. Uh, which way are you leaning in the vanity? Uh, Nunthorpe on top for me. I just think listening to Moods and, and Jamie Carr post-race and Moods a moment ago, I, I think the sky's the limit for this horse. Uh, he's obviously got a very, very good opinion of her. This is a stepping stone to, to races over more ground, which I think is where watching her run, which is where she's going to excel. But this is a pretty hot race. Like, see you in heaven's a, a mm. really good filly. There are four other last start winners in the race. Uh, Papillon Club, uh, Queen Air, Wollombi, all coming through lesser grade, but they're putting them together and looking like they're going to be able to graduate to stakes class. And then you've got a couple of really smart ones, Zenzella, and a horse called Presenium Arch, who I think is stakes class. Maybe just happened a bit soon for her in the spring. They both resume. Nunthorpe on top, but really interested to see uh, how some of these fillies come back and handle this uh, contest at Group 3 level. Race 3 is the Talindert. This is for the two-year-olds. And I've spoken to James Cummings, and he says, look, Amur will, will back up if it wins and goes well into the diamond next week. Same for Scorsese. Peter Moody said this morning. Uh, and uh, the second favourite's Graham Beggs, Mahaba, who has that barber form. So... Mm. Um, it's an intriguing race. Uh, Amur's the 440 favourite, 480 um, for Mahaba, uh, and then we're out to $6 score Sacy. Who do you like in the well, I'm pretty keen on Mahaba. I, I really like what I saw from this horse in jump outs and trials, uh, both this prep and last. Going into that golden gift, yeah, gee, it, it looked a, a real player in that race behind Barber. Just very green. Came out off their heels sort of early in the straight. Just wanted to wander about a little bit. Was asked to go and win the race and just wanted to duck in and sort of here and there and everywhere. Uh, has since come to Melbourne. Has had a couple of uh, jump out slash trials for Graham Begg. The last one I thought was very, very good. I think Mahaba can go and win this race. Of the others, there were some horses with ability. Ginger in pink. Under the radar, sort of filly, went to the bush, ran home really well. Nice turn of foot when asked to quicken. Hell Queen has ability. Uh, Tocito, I liked its mm. debut run. So, you know, they both looked decent, those last two on, on limited exposure. And you could say the same for Ginger and Pink. Of those having their first time at the races, Snippity Legend, strong on pace in a recent Cranbourne trial. Uh, I thought it, it, it showed enough there to, to say to be competitive in this race. But uh, I'm with Mahaba and happy to have a bet. Opened up. Eight dollars fifty. It's into four dollars eighty. Crazy eight dollars fifty. One scratching uh, for deductions, but four dollars eighty. Being well back, Mahaba in the Talinda race number four. Before we take a break, is the Asian Racing Federation Trophy. This is over two thousand metres, and um, this is the benchmark race of the program. We've got Fighting Arrow, who um, was tough. Great to see Chris Cowthorpe with a win. It's at $6 the field, Chucky. This shows you how tough this race is. Uh, Aaron Bay, six fifty. Hasseltoff, $7. And you'll be happy it's not a leg of the quaddy. Uh, very happy, but we're getting stitched up again by a, a benchmark 84 in the last leg of the quaddy. So, you know, there's a, might have missed the uppercut, but there'll be a, a, a jab <laughs> to the ribs there later in the day. Don't worry about that. I thought Helene Leadingstar had a really good chance in this race, but I'm expecting it'll be scratched because it is in tonight in the Tawny Cup at the Valley. The Tawny Cup, funnily enough, actually looks a stronger race than this race tomorrow, but he might be ready for the step to 2,500 metres, Helene Leadingstar. If he runs tonight, I'll have something each way. If he runs tomorrow, I'll have something each way at a big price. Not really thrilled uh, by this race. It's not, not something I've been losing sleep over in the last week since, uh, since acceptances. Duke of Hastings is the other horse in the race that I think is ready to, to do something third up. But, yeah, no bets for me in this one. For the record, uh, 1 and 13 would be my 
bracket selection at odds? 1 and 13. Uh, a bracket selection getting a bit fancy. Well, uh, Helene Leadingstar may come out, so well, I've if it does, I'm left with 13. I don't think it'll be backing up. So Probably not. <laughs> uh, uh, race number 5 is the Tony Burke Memorial, and we should make mention, yeah. um, while today is a, a solemn day, uh, it's the funeral of Tony Burke today, and I think it you're is. heading out there to the funeral later Yeah, I am. 12.30 out at uh, Boyd Chapel at, at Springvale, so yeah, we've lost a couple of Mm. Very good ones, haven't we, in the last couple of weeks, sadly? Absolutely, and it's great to see that Tony's been remembered tomorrow with the Tony Burke Memorial and Avisto. Um, she's been well-backed, I know. She's been spruiked quite heavily in the last couple of days. Jay Carr on board, $2.30. Wrote to Arataki, just does nothing wrong. Mm. Um, $5, Exolidia is an $8 chance, and then you're out to Vespertine, who... Um, Totally different style to Road to Arataki. Needs things to go its way the way it races. It does. Uh, Road to Arataki is the fit-in-form horse. Gee, it, it pays, doesn't it, in this autumn quick turnaround from the spring. The horses that race through summer, they can have an impact. And great result for Matty Williams and for the plenty of punters who backed it too in that Belmain last time. Uh, she was really confidently backed late in, in the market and, and got the job done really well. And Avisto, yeah, the, the trial at Cranbourne was really good, but she always trials really well. Great first up record too, three from five. But uh, my best of the day on an each way basis is number three, Exolita. Blinkers go on, second up, uh, three wins from five starts. There's a second placing in there as well. She's a group two winner. Uh, form at the track and distance is very strong. She was third in a group one before she went for a break. I just saw that Bell main run. She looked a touch fresh, uh, lobbed in the box seat. When they all sprinted, she had that weight penalty, and they probably just went a bit sharper than her. Uh, Damien Oliver takes the ride. Good gait. I think Exolita is a fantastic bet each way. She's my best of the day. Well, she is in the Rama Ruffy Hall of Fame. Uh, she for is. Dino as well. So it would be good if Exolita could salute at Flemington tomorrow. Uh, an $8 chance in the Tony Burke Memorial. Uh, we'll take a quick break. Uh, we'll go through to around about... A quarter past ten this morning with Sharky. We'll do the quaddy in a bit more depth. And, of course, the Group 1 Black Caviar Lightning. We'll look at the Sydney features as well. Around about quarter past ten, um, the chairman of Racing Victoria will join us, Brian Kruger, um, for a, uh, a Racing Victoria tribute to Dean Lester. And we'll speak to one of Dino's best mates for a long time as well, Warren Huntley, who will reflect on Dino and another good friend of Dino's, Ron Duffercy, with his look at Sydney as well. Uh, SMSs are continuing to fly through. We, we love your comments, and I, Maddie Nevitt, will be happy to speak to anyone a little later on the Big V. Memories about Dean Lester. Keep sending those SMSs through. Uh, good morning, guys. RIP Dino. I'm not sure if it was mentioned, but he went out a winner with Seberate at Ascot on Wednesday. Mm. That's uh, Warren from Vermont. Well, um, we did see that, and as we go to a break, uh, what a fitting way for Dino to farewell um, us and uh, with his great mate Simon Miller, their last runner, their last horse winning Seberate on Wednesday in Perth. Seberate followed down the outside. Wise Council beat the bro, trying to pick his way through, but Wee Ripper's off and gone. A hundred ago, Wee Ripper now. Seberate, look at Seberate jump up out of the ground. Wee Ripper gave nothing, not a yelp. Seberate put pay to it, and Seberate beat Wee Ripper. High Commission third from Chuckaluck beat the bro. Yeah, 788, yeah. If you don't believe in racing gods, well, uh, today's probably the day that it's evident. So, um, yeah, unbelievable. So, great ride. Um, the great man's in a world of trouble and uh, yeah, very fitting that um, he won today. So, yeah, it's um, unbelievable. And, and the ride was, uh, yeah, exceptional. So, um, yeah, pretty cool. This is Friday Form Focus. Gates are back and racing. Presented by the All-Star Mile. For your chance to win $250,000, vote for your favourite horse at allstarmile.com.au. T's and C's apply. Dean said, um, what's that noise? I said, oh, there's some guys are putting in, um, putting the concrete in for the tennis court we're building. He said, what does that cost? I said, too much. He said, well, <laughs> Let me help you pay for it. He said, there's a Galagotas horse that I reckon will win today. And we'll see how we go, and then we'll double up again tomorrow. So I'm watching that. I remember I was in a meeting in um, 
Williamstown, and I think I'm such a desperate. I'm going to ask. <laughs> so not only did I say, look, excuse me, because I'd had a reasonable bet on it. The guy said, who's the tip from? I said, Dean Lefty. He said, shit, I can get on here. <laughs> so, so this guy that I'd never met before and I are in Williamstown watching Jason Maskell ride the ears off this horse. It is gone at the 400, gone at the 300, gone at the 200 and falls in. So I text Dean and said, bang. He, he just replied, bang, bang. And then the next day, he says, what did you win yesterday? And I said, I probably had more on it than you thought I would. He goes, I know you always do. <laughs> and it was about six bucks. And I think I'd had a couple of grand. And I shouldn't say that. My wife would hate that. Mum, I hope, is not listening. But I just had such faith in Dean that if he, uh, if he ran me out of the blue to tell me to back something, I knew that he knew <laughs> I was going to have a go at it. And it was all going to be okay. So he said, the next day, he said, have that on this horse at Bendigo. Like I said, all of it? He goes, all of it. Oh, Jesus. And it was about three bucks. So it's like, okay. So it wins as well. So he said, how have you gone? I said, I've paid for just more than half of the tennis court. <laughs> so he said, well, name an end after me. So I went and had a plaque made. Oh, brilliant. And it said, it says the Dean Lester end and the two horses' names and the odds. And he and I would always talk about how the Dean Lester end was the better end because it had the shade of the trees at one end and the other was just in the face of the sun. So the Dean Lester end Brilliant. is where I always hit the balls to the kids from. And I think about him every time. And I'm walking on the Dean Lester end right now. Gillen, Gillen would be bored somewhere, you know, doing something. <laughs> and he would just send me a text message saying, Dean excited by anything? <laughs> <laughs> and I would say, where are you? And he said, in a commissioner's meeting. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. And Dean would always get it. You know, he'd always <laughs> just find a way. Oh, that, that's just, brought, it brings a tear to your eye, doesn't it? That was Hamish McLaughlin this morning with um, Daniel Harford. And I think that that's my favourite Dean Lester story, the Dean Lester end with the tennis court. That's outstanding. And, you know, Hamish is one of his best mates and um, are thinking of you, Hammer, uh, this morning and what he's done to, to organise this uh, this tribute lunch as well for Dean as well. I know Dean um, counted Hamish as one of his very closest and dearest and uh, he'd be very, very proud of what Hamish is doing for the family. But they are the stories I love yeah. so much. It's the yeah. fun, it's the life um, that he led, which general people, mere mortals like us, couldn't dream of. Uh, ringing up your mate saying, mate, just put it all on this. And uh, he's paid for half the tennis court, which is now the Dean Lesser end. There's something uh, very comforting, isn't there, when, when somebody passes away, listening to their mates tell mm. really heartfelt stories that lift their spirits doesn't matter how well you know somebody or knew somebody that's passed but when you hear those closest to them share those sort of stories it is it's very comforting and and you know that those around them are, are all doing that today yep. through the sadness yep. and that'll get them through uh, it's a beautiful story uh, we'll take a break 10 o'clock um, it's a special friday edition of racing pulse remembering our great mate the greatest dean lester after the break We'll go through the quaddy legs at Flemington. Sharky will give us a couple of winners in Sydney as well. And um, if you want to give us a call, if you want to reminisce about Dino, um, give us a bell after quarter past ten. Uh, Brian Kruger will join us uh, with his reflections on Dean Lester, as will Warren Huntley. And a little later, we'll also chaw, uh, talk to Ron Duffercy as well. A special edition, Dino's Day on RSN. I saw Roy for about, you know, that I can remember about six or seven years, and Roy was still a great jockey. Um, I think Harry White's a little bit forgotten. He was a beautiful jockey, mm. but Mick Dittman's the best. Mick mm. Dittman, Mick Dittman would be eighth in a race, and he had the whole race worked out. He knew exactly where everyone was. And uh, I, and then, you know, his, his famous strength, but his tactical ability was second to none. Mm. Dean Lester with his thoughts on a couple of the jockey legends that he loved the most. Um, just want to reiterate for those who have um, bought tables and are attending that big lunch, which has been um, set up by Hamish McLaughlin. Uh, Jason Richards and Richos just text me just to say it is 100% still going on on the 28th. It's going to be a celebration of Dino's life, so we'll look forward to that. Um, there's a lot of SMSs about what tributes 
there should be for Dino. Uh, uh, maybe the Cranbourne training track or the Cranbourne track called Dean Lester's. I'm sure there are going to be a lot of those that are mm. discussed and will occur. And of course, over the coming days, we'll uh, let everyone know re-funeral details as well. Sharky, let's get into the first leg of the quaddy, which is the C.S. Hayes Stakes. Attrition looks a real deal, but this is the litmus test. It's a winner of its last two, $3.60 favourite. Bank Moore, $5.00 elliptical. First up at $6.00, and then we're out to Holy Mans, who was a good winner first up at $7.50 as well. Uh, who do you like in the first leg of the quaddy? Uh, I like Bank Moore. <laughs> I can't ignore that run behind Jack and O first up. I thought it was an absolute beauty. I just love this horse's action. I love how he bounds along, uh, striking animal to look at. And he's got a lot of ability. I think he can win this race. I think Elliptical is probably the best horse in the race, but the wide gate, 1,400, I think we'll see a, a really good return from him with a, an eye towards the Australian Guineas, and I'd be happy to back him in an Australian Guineas too, elliptical if he ran well here. Uh, Elkington Road will improve, just form just dropped off a little bit um, sort of towards the end of that prep. He ran, I know he ran a really nice race off the back of uh, the Caulfield Guineas in the Carbine Club. I think he'll be a horse that continues to improve through the autumn, uh, and then you're down towards these... Hang on, did I I, have I missed it? Did you mention attrition? Yeah, I'm getting down towards these horses. Attrition and Holly How Mans. far down have you got him? Well, they're at the bottom. They're 13 and 14. I'm kind of working through the list oh, here. Oh, okay. You, Bank you're not doing in horses that you think will win. No, attrition's a nice horse. He'd be probably second pick, but yeah, Bank Moore's top pick for me. No so doubt. So, Bank Moore at $5. Would you, if you're tipping Bank Moore here, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you want to back him in an Australian Guinness? Because I think Elliptical's a better horse. Okay, and uh, what's your pot on attrition? He, he, he no just pot, no, no pot at all. He's just just the market, a, the price, three sixty well, bit too short. He's he looks he looks right, doesn't he? He's but he's won at Lakeside in a maiden, then Geelong in a sixty four. Uh, he's favourite, and I can take five dollars and money back the place about a horse that's just run a Group One winner to a short half head. I'm taking the short half head against the Group 1 winner every day of the week. Okay, so Bankmore on top, elliptical, the horse to follow, attrition, a good chance. Quaddy numbers? Quaddy numbers here, 4, 6, 13, 14. 4, 6, 13 and 14. Uh, Bankmore, uh, the 6 is... Uh, Massa at a big... Pro- no, hang on, what's the 6? Uh, the 6. Elkington Road. Elkington Road. Uh, 13, um, which is Holy Man's, mm-hmm. and 14, which is Attrition. Attrition. So yep. you're not putting elliptical in? No, okay. I, I think he'll run a really good race, but I, I don't think he can win this from the gate. Group 1 is the Black Caviar Lightning Stakes. Nature's Trip, $2.10. Cool and Gatter, 7 Marabi, $9. I wish I win 11 Rockin' Horse at $11. We had a quick chat to Chris Waller yesterday. This is what he had to say about Nature's Trip. His last run of his preparation in the spring was good. He ran second. He was fairly beaten, but I love the way he still showed his heart. The young brigade are catching up. It's obvious to see, and there's a few of them. So Saturday's an intriguing race. Gate one? Yeah, barrier one. What do you think? Um... I'm not sure. It all depends how the track's playing, I guess. It could be a slight advantage. I think he likes to have free free air, so he doesn't have a horse leaning on him when he jumps, because that was what cost him the race last year. He was interfered with it at the start and still managed to fight out the finish. Um, so there's positives from it. Wouldn't look too much into it. Not too much interference in a straight race, is there? So the champ takes on the girls, really, and I wish I win, who is an intriguing first-up runner. Peter Moody saying that if he's within a few lengths with a couple of hundred to go, he'll be right there. Uh, but he's getting ready for the new market. Mm-hmm. Gately against Nature Strip. Stewart against Nature Strip. Are you with or against the champ? He can win, but I'm, I'm feeling that it might be changing of the guard time. I hope it. I kind of hope it's not. Because I love it when champions, people start to write them off, or not write them off, but they start to think there's vulnerability there, and then they come out and just remind us why they're a champion. And I kind of hope I see that tomorrow at Flemington, but I have a lot of time for Buenos Noches. He's completely untapped this horse. He's had five starts. Every one of them has been good. Uh, We saw him 
at Flemington down the straight, winning really well, beating Spacewalk. Okay, he's a fruit loop, but he still beat him. Uh, running, powering home, nearly beating Giga Kick in a Dane Hill, and then running so well in a Coolmore on a wet track when I don't think he's completely at home on that sort of ground. I am excited to see Buenos not just back at the races tomorrow. I have him on top. Nature Strip, obviously the horse to beat. I'm not saying he can't win. I'm just going with the vibe a little bit that we might see a changing of the guard this autumn. Uh, Rockin' Horse, the next best. Great jump out behind Nature. I thought she tried better than Nature Strip. Yeah, uh, Jamie Mott last week said at the Festival of Racing launch, he said, I could have smoked him. I could have, I had him covered. Yeah, I, I would agree with that watching it. I, I reckon she did. I reckon she did, Rockin' Horse. So, look, they're my three. Uh, let's let's hope we see... No cool and getter? No. She's ex- been exposed a little bit at this level and no, hasn't run poorly. McEwen and Moyer, obviously she won the Moyer. Not, they were really good performances, but yeah, just working around her. Marabi, I think she's just a rung below. All right, so numbers in the Black Caviar Lightning. Numbers are one, six... Nine. One, six, and nine. Nature Strip, Rock and Horse, and Buenos Notches. Buenos Notches on top at the value for Sharky. Uh, Mikey V, as we say good morning to you, we've got Greyhounds joining us now, the fifth at Bendigo. Good morning to you, uh, fellas over there. Um, it is the fifth at Bendigo. We will join all the action. Number eight, King Cunnington at $2.40 is your favourite. Number three, Irish Bullet, four forty. Number one, Irish, four sixty. Number four, Raff City, six fifty. And number seven, Narcissus, $9. A rest are in double figure odds. But number eight is your favourite, King Cunnington. As we say, a good morning to Daniel Hibbert. And it's going to be uh, really warm by the time we finish here, just after 12 o'clock this afternoon. RSN with us for the first time this morning as well. This is the first thing of the quaddy. The Bendigo advertiser, No City Wins. And the favourite is King Cunnington at $2.40 from box number eight. Four sixty for Irish and four forty for Irish Bullet, one and three. They're ready to go. Race number five, they're set. And away, beginning poorly was Irish Bullet. Good speed out of our Magic Miss leads from Bad Medicine. King Cunnington's up to second and third now around the outside. Behind them was Irish Bullet at Checked Irish and Bad Medicine. Going forward was Raf City. Leader was our Magic Miss. King Cunnington's right behind it. Gets the inside run. Going gets tough down the outside. Our Magic Miss in front. King Cunnington won't get it. Our Magic Miss has kicked and won. Beats home King Cunnington. And third in his going gets tough tough ahead of Raff City, clear from Irish, Irish Bullet, and then came Narcissus, and the time is 24 and 15. Favourite gets rolled, number two, Our Magic Miss, $19.40 and $2.90 the place, number eight, King Cunnington, $1.20, and it is a photo for third, but Michael, uh, your numbers after the fifth at Bendigo is two and eight and a photo. Thank you very much, Mikey. Let's get into uh, race number eight at Flemington, and this is the Elms Handicap over 1,400 metres. Uh, Daytona Bay. Well, uh, the two favourites in this race, Daytona Bay and Munamek, if you backed them both last start, mm. <laughs> uh, you'd still be crying. 390 Daytona Bay, Munamek at $7, Scalapini $7.50. Uncle Bryn, interesting first up runner, being aimed towards the All-Star Mile at $8 here as well. Sharky, this looks reasonably deep. Who do you like in the second last? Uh, Daytona Bay for me. Oh, I just thought that run last time. Well, what run? Didn't really, get, didn't really get a run, did it? Uh, it was all dressed up with nowhere to go, and Jamie Carr was just held up back towards the inside. A, a decent draw with room to move this time around, and what I loved was how confidently backed this horse was uh, on race day. Well, early markets are one thing, but the real money comes on race day, particularly late in betting. It was 240 to even money uh, in a competitive benchmark 84. This is stronger. But Daytona Bay's got room to move through the ratings. A few points in hand. I think he can win. Looks like Elvis is the danger. Just goes a lot better in Melbourne, doesn't he? Looks like Elvis. Uh, great run at Flemington 2 back to corner pocket. Sydney last time he was just flat. Uh, I think he can improve here. Darlasan is going in my quaddy. And the other one I'm putting in the quaddy. Darlasan. Yeah, Darlasan. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, class class act, isn't he? He is a class act. Uh, Uncle Bryn's the other class act. If he's going to be competitive in an all-star mile, you'd like to think off a relatively short break, he'd be competitive here. Two, four, seven, and 14. 
for the quaddy. Daytona Bay on top. 2, 4, 7 and 14. Daytona Bay on top. Uh, Darlison goes in the quaddy, as does uh, number 4, Uncle Bryn, and number 7, which is looks like Elvis. Uh, 2, 4, 7 and 14. The last of nine. And I know you've been waiting for this race, Sharky. It's the oh, benchmark 84 yeah. over 1,200. Jungle Dropping. Jim. Three seventy to jump bucket six dollars. Red hot Nick seven fifty, uh, and then uh, the Ramaruffy in Dino's honour mm-hmm. from Mark Hunter this morning. Hello broadcast twenty one dollars into sixteen dollars. Jamie Carr on board. Uh, no firm opinion here. Struck by what price are we getting? Struck by. Struck by is eleven dollars. Mm, yeah, that's too long for a horse of its ability in a race like this it was in great form last prep over in Adelaide uh, came over to Flemington for the Greys race and ran really well to Love Tap and cooled you know those horses are pretty solid I think struck by is over the odds at $11 good first up horse marks our rides uh, it's not here for a, for a picnic is it the other ones for the Quaddy, seven, Red Hot Nick, in great form, won its last two, lots of speed, just keeps running at the moment, have to include it. Number 10 to Jumbuck, it beat Jungle Jim, there's some good winning form around that uh, that victory there with Belciel going down to Tassie and winning a group race down there, so the, the Jumbuck form suddenly looks lengths better, doesn't it? The other one I'm putting in is the visitor from WA for Sean and Jake Casey, Magic to Exceed. Number 15. Hasn't won this preparation, but it's been really consistent. It doesn't have to be a superstar to win this. Craig Williams rides from a wide gate. Mm, interesting runner. 1-7-10-15. 1-7-10-15. That 15 magic to exceed is $23. Mm. Uh, that'd be a lovely way to it snare would be. the quaddy. Uh, the uh, Jumbuck 10 goes in. Uh, number 7. Uh, goes in as well, which is Red Hot Nick, and at number one, uh, struck by at $11. So leaving the favourite out, as is your want, usually in the final leg of the quaddy. Uh, we'll put that quaddy up on uh, Twitter and social media. The first leg, 4, 6, 13, 14, into 1, 6, 9, into 2, 4, 7, 14, into 1, 7, 10, and 15. Uh, Sharky? Give us your best of the day. Best of the day, race five, number three, Exoliter at each way odds. I think it's a great bet. I like it. Uh, Sydney, half yes. cabin, wins? Uh, look, probably does, doesn't it? I'm really keen to see how Pierre meshes up. Yes. Very interesting Thought it was runner. a great run to Maven Bell last time, and yeah, it's a really nice horse. I think... I, Kiwi horses have a tendency to go pretty deep into the Sydney Carnival, don't they? I, re- I reckon we're going to see a, a good horse here in Pier. Anything else catch your eye uh, tonight at the Valley or anywhere else? Helene Leading Star I'll have a look at tonight in that race. And there was another one that I liked as I'm scrolling back through Sydney form. Where are we? Uh, Maria Mia, I think, yep. wins the Millie Fox. Uh, yeah, and then King's Gambit's a, a good bet too up there for me. That'd be the three I'd be playing in Sydney. Sharknado, um, appreciate your time. A, a little bit of a different feel today on Friday, Form Focus, uh, as we pay tribute to our great friend Dean Lester. And you're going to go and pay tribute now to another great racing oh, man, Tony Burke. Have a good weekend. You too, Sharky. We'll see you on Monday for the verdict. 20 past 10. We'll take a quick break on the other side of this. We'll have a few more Dean Lester memories with his great mate, Warren Huntley, also the chairman of Racing Victoria, Brian Kruger, and and get involved as well. Tell us your thoughts with Dean Lester, uh, and we'll get Josh for Horsham. I know he looked up and idolised Dean Lester. We'll get Joshy's best for the week around the country as well. Welcome back to Racing Pulse. We'll be having a chat to Brian Kruger in a moment about Dean Lester and then his great mate Warren Huntley will join me. We can take a couple of calls a little later as well. But right now, uh, Dino would have loved Josh from Horsham finding us country winners each weekend. Joshy, what have you got for us this weekend, my friend? Um, mate, we'll head to Bendigo tomorrow. Just before I start, I'd like to join the chorus of admiration for Dean as well. It's uh, my great loss. I never got to meet him, but what I learned from just listening to him was Immeasurable. So, um, yeah, just thinking of his family and friends at a pretty mm. difficult time at the moment, mate. Um, Absolutely. We'll get into it. We'll, um, we'll head to Bendigo tomorrow, race one, number five.
five capital rock for uh, the McAvoys. I think I've got a pretty good one here. Um, looked really, really good at an arrow out jump out last week. Um, did everything pretty well right. It's drawn the outside. It can control the race from the front. I think it will have a lot of running down. So that's race one, number five, capital rock at Bendigo. Then we'll Markets through. aren't out there as yet, yes, so right. we'll give you those as soon as they come through. Then where are we off to? Then we'll go Sunday. We've got a couple. We'll go Ballarat, race five, number three, Prairie Flowers for the Dwight Table. Excellent first up at Flemington. but didn't get 1,400 second up. Um, was runner-up behind Pacific Ruby last start where it was good. Uh, come out and won well. The form stacked up. Um, look, she's knocking on the door, so that's five for three Prairie Flower. Okay, where else? Yeah, uh, we've got a Moe on Sunday as well, race five, number three, CJ. Made up many lengths at our rat last start when nothing else made uh, ground in the race. Um, he threw away his chance when he ducked to the late. Um, would it have won? Maybe not, but it definitely would have run second. So on the front of that, if they can make ground at Moe, I think it's a really good chance. That's race five, number three. And just one last one. Um, Warnable on Monday, except this is I haven't seen yet, but if Seeking Glory oh. for the Ma stable goes there, it'll be worth backing. Seeking Glory Monday. Okay, uh, that's outstanding. You, you've covered uh, a number of days for us there, Joshy. Bendigo tomorrow, race one, number five. Market's not out. Um, and then we've got race five, number three. Um, Moe, race five, number three, and Warnable, Seeking Glory. Write that down for Monday. I'll remind you, punters, on Monday as well. Uh, Joshy, good punting over the weekend, my friend. Yep, go well. Thanks, mate. Josh from Horsham joining us uh, there.